everybody. Welcome to the Hump Day edition of Winners and Winers Radio. I am your Hump Day host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm your co-host, Scott Rochelle, senior handicapper over at winnersandwiners.com. And together, we make up Winners and Winers Radio. Give us an hour, and we'll give you the winners. Scott, we got a jam-packed show today. we got Chris Kubala from winnersandwiners.com. Going to be stopping by, talk a little NCAA feats ball. Some NFL, very smart cat, been a very good handicapper, and a good writer, by the way. So it'll be it'll be fun to have him on and uh, get his take on what's going on. We also, of course, have our Bet the Farm play. We're going to talk about donkeys of the day, talk about the beats. You know, we're going to do our regular thing. Scott, how'd your, uh, how'd your Tuesday go as far as the gambling goes? Overall, not that well. I only had one play. I took it light today. I didn't really like that much, but I did have a little bit on the Red Sox team total. And let's just say we're going to talk about that in a little while. And not in a good way. Yeah. Not in a good way. Very good. Well, we have uh, we were on the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates, of all things, team total over. So that worked out well. Again, kind of a light play day for us as well. Also had the Giants. So, you know what? Not a bad day. We'll take it. We'll take it. And let's, uh, let's get rolling, Scott, because, you know, not everybody had a non-bad day. Maybe some people... More had more of a uh, I bet on the Red Sox kind of day. So let's find out who they are. Find out who took it in the shorts yesterday with today's episode of Call Dim Cops. All righty. Well, we're going to get started as we so often do this time of year in major leagues. If you had the Tampa Bay Rays on the money line, they're squaring off against the Houston Astros. Three to two heading into the bottom of the ninth. Rays trotting out their closer. Oh, no, Scotty. Scott, not a hit. They had the bases loaded. All you need is a ground ball at somebody. All you need is to, well, you got to throw strikes. And they couldn't do it. Two in a row, Scott. Two bases loaded walks. That'll do, pig. Rays, literally, walk it off four to three. If you had the um, Astros, excuse me, if you had, if you, I'm sorry, I had it the other way around. Yes, Astros walked it off against the Rays. If you had the Rays on the money line, that's when you should call the cops. Hey, if you if you have the Astros, put your phone down. Don't call the cops. Only the Rays. They're the ones that got walked off. Scott? And looking at soccer, you had a couple of Champions League matchups yesterday. And one matchup that had a pretty bad beat was between AC Milan and Atletico Madrid. And in that one, if you had the under two and a half, you were in pretty good shape. One goal in the first 83 minutes. Then you had two goals entering stoppage time. And Atletico Madrid scored on a penalty kick in the 97th minute, and the game ended 2-1. to one. They don't call it underage time, Scott. Yep. That's that's not a thing. All right. If you had the Braves on the run line, you know you what? You needed more runs. The Braves left a lot of ducks on the pond, but they did eke out a 2 nothing lead going into the top of the ninth. Just shut them down. Call it good. Let's go home. My victory. Nope. The Braves give up one. Phillies scored a run. If you had the Braves on the run line, so sorry, Charlie, as in Charlie Morton, because uh, that's a tough beat right there. Call the cops. Definitely a hell of a win for Atlanta. Philly really, really, let's just say clinging to life at this point, because St. Louis ended up clinching yesterday. Yes, so all, all paths are closed to the Phillies except through the Atlanta Braves, and I believe the Braves currently have a three-and-a-half game lead, Scott? Yeah, it's three-and-a-half left, yeah. Or three and a half lead, yeah. Three and a, three and a half game lead. Phillies have five games left. The Braves have six. That's not ideal right there. It is for me, though, because, again, I have the Braves to win the East. So uh, I had the Cardinals to to win the uh, wild card. I know. You had, so. a, you had a beautiful hit today. The Cardinals, all, all you needed was a 17-game winning streak to lock it up, Scott. It's a beautiful thing. I don't know about 17. I think nine would have been fine because the Reds and the Padres just keep falling over themselves. Right. But yeah, that works too. All right, very good. And so we've basically got one race left in the National League, and that's going to be the NL West. The, the, the East isn't quite decided yet. Very, very close. When you're when you're three and a half back and you've only got five games left to play, you're in a world of hurt, Phillies. Phillies, Sorry. let's just say if they lose one of the next couple games against Atlanta, yeah. the race is over. Yeah, I believe I believe it actually that technically would be true if the if the yep. if the Phillies lose today, they'll be four and a half back with four games left to play. Mm. I'm no math wizard, but I don't think that's tenable. So, 
All right. Let's. I. I, I think theor- theoretically, the, the magic number would be one at that point, Scott. If they won everyone and the Braves lost everyone, if the Braves because the Braves have one more game left, so they would be tied. So the magic number would be one if they lost today. Anyway. Phillies do have the tiebreaker, but we'll we'll see anyway. Point is that the Phillies are in a world of hurt. Blowing all those saves didn't help your chances. Have the tiebreaker. Don't they play a one-game playoff? No, it goes head-to-head because they play 19 games in the regular season. What? No. Yeah. Are you sure about that? Pretty sure it goes head-to-head. I don't think so. I don't think there's tiebreakers in baseball. We're going to look that up during the show, but we got to get to it. I'm I'm pretty sure that I'm right. I know you are. You're always pretty sure you're right, but we're going to find out. So let's find out who had a nice, easy time of it, Scott. Let's find out who had those winning tickets from the jump and they never looked back. Who, indeed, was sitting in the rocking chair? So, the first one was between the Cubs and the Pirates. If you had the over eight and a half, that was pretty easy. Three runs in the first, three runs in the third, three runs in the fifth, and that's already nine, but have another couple of runs afterwards, and game ended eight to four. Eight to six, sorry. Yeah, that's a a situation where... The Cubs are just bleeding runs right now, Scott. They have they have seen the overhit in 16 of their last 18 games. So Cubs pitching right now is no bueno. It's so. either 16 of 18 or 14 of 16, but I know that it's definitely a lot. By the way, if two teams end up with the same record atop their division, a one-game tiebreaker would occur. Home field advantage would go to the team that won the season series. So that's where your tiebreaker comes in. Okay. All right, so there, there is a tiebreaker involved, but it's just to see where they play that game. So I was like, unless that's a recent change, I was pretty sure on that one. So we were so, both half right. No, no, there's a there's a game. There's not a tiebreaker. We were not both right. Good try, though. Uh, agree to disagree. Good. Man, let it go, buddy. Take the L. Take Here you go. Take the L. Move on. Hey, man, if you had the White Sox, uh, minus one and a half, you're in pretty good shape. Speaking of taking the L, huh, looking at you, Reds. White Sox led two nothing after two. They led five one after six. Reds mounted no kind of offense at all as the uh, pale hose win that one, seven to one. He had the White Sox on the run line. Congratulations, you are in the rocking chair. And the last one was on a football game. Oh, I got to tell you this. I got a story on this. Go ahead. In Canada, yep. you had the Ottawa Red Blacks against the Edmonton Elks. Yep. And Ottawa was getting yep. nine points. Never trailed. Led fourteen to nothing after one quarter. Won outright thirty-four to twenty-four. If you're getting plus nine and you never trailed, odds are you were taking a nap for the entire game. Sitting in the rocket chair. Okay, so here's my story. I turn. I'm. I, I'm. I'm on my. I'm on my website. I'm getting ready to make some baseball bets late. I see that the Redbacks are up fourteen to nothing and they are live as a as a three point favorite. I'm like, I've got to play that. I've, I've got. To, I looked at the line. I saw it was nine. I'm like, I'm still getting points there. I'm. Gonna, I'm going to play that. So I actually, Scott, I won money on that game. I had the Redbacks minus three as a live play. So, by the way, it's the Red Blacks. Or, or I said the Redbacks, the Red Blacks. Yes, they're I'm also it's confused the, the flag. by that name. Do they name their team after a roulette table? No, it's it's it has to do with the lumberjacks and what they wear. They read the the like everybody in the crown has red and black flannel on. Okay. When they score a touchdown, they get the chainsaw out, and a lumberjack actually nice. saws off a piece of log. Cool. Yeah, it's 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 pretty cool. So, all right, Scott, this is one. You know, we we did have some contenders for this award. There was multiple choices in this one, but you made a very good case, and I believe you're correct. Let's find out. It's we're gonna have to we're gonna have to send out a lot of them. We're gonna have to send out a whole team's worth. Let's find out who today, Scott, is wearing the golden feed bag. Who is walking off with donkey of the day? All right, buddy. This is a uh, this is this is one close to your heart. I'll let you do it. So my play that I yesterday, which I mentioned at the top of the hour, was the Red Sox team total over five and a half because they had a guaranteed nine at bats against the Baltimore Orioles. Now we know the Orioles can't pitch. We know Boston has dominated this team all season long, and we know that it was a let's put it this way: our favorite term in sports, a must-win game. Must win, baby. Had to have it. Had to have it. Baltimore is playing for nothing. But anyway, the Red Sox faced off against Bruce Zimmerman, who had not pitched since June 13th. 1974. No. He won four innings. It seems like it's been a long time. He had five innings of Baltimore's bullpen. Always a good thing. As well. Sure. That's the worst bullpen in all baseball. Terrible. 
Now the Red Sox lost with sale on the mound as minus 270 favorites. Not ideal. They only scored two runs, but you know, baseball is a weird sport where sometimes you can't score runs. You have a lot of guys on base, but you just can't generate much. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The problem is it doesn't apply to the Red Sox because against this team and that bullpen, they recorded a combined three hits over nine innings against the Orioles pitching staff. Are you serious? <laughs> really? <laughs> That's just a terrible, terrible effort. Un three un hits? Unfathomable. Unfathomable against Bruce Zimmerman and the Orioles bullpen that I'm sure has a lot of September arms in it right now. Three hits, Scott. That is just sad. They didn't even have base runners. Like you're watching the game, it just goes one, two, three, one, two. Th um, can you work a walk or something? Like, can we try? It's like it's like a waltz. You went to a baseball game and a waltz broke out. One, two, three, one, two, three. Pretty much. There you go. All right, Scott. Well, we're gonna have to retire this award. We talked we talked about this. We have to give it again because there's just no other way around it. Scott, once again, the odds makers, they're not paying attention. We believe they could be possibly drunk. So we have talked about this, I feel like, every single day. Well, at least maybe for 16 days straight. The Cardinals today, Scott, Adam Wainwright on the mound. They've won 16 straight. Man, how big of a favorite were they today? Had to be a massive favorite with Wainwright on the mound, right? They were favored by uh, negative 10. That's right. The Cardinals were catching plus money today with Wainwright on the mound. Now, he was going against Brandon Woodruff, but we talked about it yesterday, Scott. Brandon Woodruff had been kind of an average pitcher. Over the last month and a half of the season, he, ERA he also the, just lost to the Cardinals like a week prior. Yep, but that's a separate story. Yep, it is. So the Cardinals plus one hundred five. Like I said, sixteen game winning streak. What did the Cardinals do today, Scott? They got us a farm. Yeah, they got us a farm. That's exactly right. Cardinals win six to two. They hit three home runs, and the odds makers once again. I don't know what you guys are doing. Apparently, you're drinking some tequila because as long as you keep putting them up there. We'll keep taking them. Thanks for being drunk once again. And Scott, last but not least, this is one. When when people hear this, they are going to have no question about which one of us found this one. So let's find out who it is. Scott, who was the gambling hero of the day? I almost hit the trombone on purpose just for you, but there oh, it is. Okay. Anyway, so for this one, we're going to be going back to soccer. I mentioned before that there were some Champions League games, and there was one huge upset, arguably the biggest upset in the history of the Champions League. Wow. You had a player by the name of Sebastian Phil okay. who plays for FC Sheriff Tiraspol. Oh, from Moldova? That, that is from Moldova. Sure, a lot of people didn't know where that team was from or didn't know it existed. But it anyway, was in the notes. You had that team facing off against a team that a lot of people have heard of before, Real Madrid? From Yugoslavia. Yes, of course, from the old Yugoslavia. Yeah, from Spain, obviously. But Sebastian Phil ended up scoring the game-winning goal against Real Madrid in the 89th minute. And just for reference here... Sheriff Theraspol was 28 to 1. Boom! To win the match. Cash that ticket, baby. Cash that ticket. Holy mackerel. 28 to 1 on a single game, Scott? On that's... a single game, because of course it's a three way line for soccer because draws are a separate category. And it was on the road. But the fact that a team from Moldova went in to Real, I know that Ronaldo's no longer there, but still won in. You know, in Real, that's pretty impressive at 28 to 1. Absolutely. Sebastian Thill, congratulations. You are the gambling hero of the day. All right. Very good. Okay. I wasn't sure if you were trying to play the song again I, or what. I was. About. I've got technical difficulties, so All good. I, I don't, don't care. Know. All right. Very good. Hey, guys, you are listening to Winners and Winners Radio. Give us an hour and we'll give you the winners. Stay tuned. We've got our very own Chris Kubala from Winners and Winners. Coming up right now. All right, everybody. We are thrilled. We've been talking about this guy for about a week. We finally are uh, able to have him on the show. Our schedule's matched up. And he is a fantastic handicapper. He is a lifetime sports better. 
and he's a winner at sports betting, which is kind of unusual to find. He is Chris Kubala, buddy. How are you doing, Chris? Welcome aboard. Good. Glad to be here, Scott. And I don't know if it's so much a, a rare thing to be a winner. I mean, you guys win more than I do, probably. Well, you know, I think it's it's not necessarily a rarity for us because we spend all of our time doing it. You know, that's I have no, I have no social life, so you know that's kind of why I'm, I'm able to win. He took his yearly trip outside of his house. He just got back from Vegas, so we're pretty happy about that. He made... I thought you were going to say he just got back from the grocery store. <laughs> it looks like I got the tan of going to the grocery store. I really didn't get much sun for do somebody you, going to Vegas. Do you go to the grocery store, Scott? Do you grocery uh, shop? Yeah, I go. You, you actually go yourself? And those coupons aren't going to use themselves. That's true. I just I picture you like clipping coupons and stuff, so... It's either clipping them or diving in like extreme couponing. Outstanding. All right. Well, we don't have Chris for long, so let's get rolling. Because I wanted to, I wanted to keep Chris on for a couple segments, talk about a little college football and a little NFL. So Scott, Chris, we've seen a lot of college football so far. What are we on? Uh, what are we getting ready to fire up? Week six here? No, week five, right? Week five, you're unless you're week zero. Yeah. 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 Don't even, don't even get me started with the week zero. I've spent a whole week ranting about that, but. There has been a lot of, what do the kids say? A lot of churn at the top of the Heisman Trophy list. So let's let's dive in there, shall we? Our, our, all of our uh, preseason favorites, we had, we, had the, we had the young fella from Oklahoma that neither Scott or I were too thrilled with, Spencer Rattler. He has gone from the favorite down to plus 1,600. Uh, DJ Uagalale, if you can find him, is somewhere getting close to triple digits plus plus eight thousand somewhere in that neighborhood. But your favorites? Hey, it's another Alabama quarterback that nobody ever heard of before the season. Congratulations. It's Bryce Young and a guy that I gave the tip to about a month ago, Matt Coral from Old Miss. Is it Cor- it's Corral? Coral. It's Corral, right? Gold, yeah, Golden Corral. Yeah. Is it Thiesman or Thiesman? I can never remember. <laughs> the gold Golden Scott, Golden Corral, right there. Boom! Oh, it's the air, cor- it's the air corral offense. That's Come the on, one. Man. That's the one I really like. We tried to get that going, and it just it didn't it didn't really it didn't take off. Maybe it will. We'll keep pounding that the air corral defense, offense rather. So, Chris, you got to make a bet today. Who are you putting your money on before the right. Alabama Old Miss game? By the way, before the Alabama Old Miss game. Well, like as much as I like Corral, I got to say I'm not sure that how he's going to respond this weekend going on the road. All of Ole Miss games, I mean, they played the neutral side game against Louisville. He only had one touchdown in that game. He might not do as well this week, so I'm not very high. on. I'm going to actually lean towards Bryce Young right now. But like I said, my dark horse would probably be if SMU can hold up Tanner Mordecai at $3 billion or whatever it is to one, he's probably better a better bet than Ugalale. So if anybody's is still thinking about them about him. They should run away screaming. Stop it! Stop it! It's over. <clears throat> Clemson. Yeah, Clemson is terrible. For the record, by the way, Mordecai is eighty to one on DraftKings. Eighty to one on DraftKings. That's a, that's a pretty that's a swing for the fences right there, buddy. But those are just the kind of guys that two weeks from now, if he blows up, two three weeks from now wins a big game, you could you could be looking at. 25 to 1, 30 to 1, something like that. I mean, look, so. Like the Corral, like you said, he was 40 to 1 or whatever a month ago, and now he's atop the list. Right. That's 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 exactly right. So Alabama, are you that impressed with their defense? Because they they did well against Miami. They did well against their, you know, the little sisters of the poor in, in Mercer and Southern Miss. I was waiting for a Gene Smith reference in there. But they but they they, they kind of struggled with Florida. They needed to shut them down. Couldn't really do that. This old Miss offense, man, it's the real deal. Are you uh, are you on Alabama this weekend? I'm on Alabama just because of the fact that they're at home, and I've got to see old Miss actually do something on the road. When you have no road games to speak of, I mean, when you're playing in in Oxford, there it's easy to rack up points when you've got the crowd behind you. What's Corral gonna and his team gonna do if they're down two scores? That's gonna be the real test for Lane Kiffin's group there. Spoiler alert, they're going to throw the ball. Well, they're going to throw the ball anyway. I'm, I don't understand what the point of having Jerry on Ely was for if you're not going to use him to run the ball. They, you know, it's it's kind of a nice, it's kind of a change of pace, but they are, because uh, believe it or not, they run the ball more than they pass. But it's, they're about, they've run the ball about 150 times, they've passed about 100 times. But it's, it doesn't seem that way, does it? 
No, because Corral also takes some running plays himself, or maybe it's just some passing plays that turn into running plays when the coverage is actually solid. Yeah, so. he, no, he's he's run he's run the ball thirty three times so far this season. So there's definitely some Matt Corral designed runs. But you know, Ely's been very good, averaging six yards a carry. Parrish has been good, averaging seven yards a carry. So it's kind of the opposite of the football that we grew up with, Chris, where you're in the '80s, where you soften them up with the run, and then you 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 have to establish the run to set up the pass. My God, how many times did we hear that? And that's not the case Three anymore at all. Three yards in a cloud of dust. Three. Well, was there anything more frustrating watching that, like those those '70s Dolphin teams where they'd go? Three yards, five yards, three yards, first down. And they just did just keep pounding and dairy to stop. The clock and, and oh, yeah. Zapped your defense. And yeah, it was, it was like the will of all the fans watching on TV. It was like, it was like watching Army play. It really was. You, they were just, here's the play. We've got three fantastic running backs. See if you could stop them all. And nobody ever could. So. See all the fun stuff you missed, Scott, by being 24. I know about, I know about Zonka. I know about the group. I know. You name them all. Uh, that I cannot do. I mean, Zonka's the one who gets all the credit, even okay. though he probably shouldn't get all the credit. Is that fair? They had they had Mercury Morris and Jim Kick. That's right. They had they had they had three thousand yard rushers, and then Mercury Morris lost like four yards on his last carry, and I think he ended up with like nine ninety eight or something ridiculous. Yep, I remember that. But at one point, they had three thousand yard rushers in the same season. That is that doesn't even seem possible in today's NFL. So. All right. Well, so much. You're lucky if anybody gets the ball more than 200 times with it. Oh yeah. They're all worried unless you're Derrick Henry or or Larry Johnson, where they just the Chiefs just ruined him and gave him 480 carries one year or something ridiculous. So, okay. So that's the Heisman. So there's obviously been some changes as far as the playoff situation goes and who we're looking at there. Clemson. Can we all agree, gentlemen? Out. See you later. Okay. Yeah, even I if think they can flush them. Even if they rally and win the ACC, they're not making it with two losses, right? Not if even they close. win the ACC, that's not really going to impress anybody. Right, right. Who's in it? Yeah, totally. The no, the no on Clemson to make the playoffs is minus twelve hundred. They're not getting in. All right. Yeah, that's and I think that's pretty. I think that's pretty good money right there. Uh, uh, pretty well spent. That's as close to a lock as you're going to get. Absol- absolutely correct. So at the top right now, as far as uh, the AP. Coaches poll a little bit different. AP's got the same three that the coaches do: Alabama, Georgia, Oregon. Uh, coaches poll has Alabama as, as uh, Oklahoma at number four, while the AP has Penn State at number four. Both of them have I, Iowa. I can't understand why Oklahoma is still considered anywhere near the top five. When you look, they beat Tulane by five. They beat Nebraska by seven. They beat West Virginia by three when they had to kick a field goal on the last play of the game. They scored one touchdown against the Mountaineers. The only team they've done anything against is Western Carolina, who I'm pretty sure you can find 10 guys off the street and yourself and still beat them by two touchdowns. To quote my favorite movie of all time, Frozen, let it go. Let it go with Oklahoma. It's, I don't, does anybody here want to see Oklahoma again in the playoffs? No. I think we all know how that's going to go. Probably a unless you're trying to make sure by money. By I was going to say it's good for it's good for it's good for betters. You just you lay you lay the points and take and take the favorite because it ain't going to be Oklahoma. Chris, who would you like to see right now? I mean, not necessarily. Who do you like to see? Who do you, who do you like? Who do you think is going to make it? Well, I think Alabama. Unless somebody like, I mean, Texas A&M is looming next week, but you know they did lose to Arkansas last week, so it kind of took the bloom off that rose a little bit. I like Oregon. But the Pac-12 is, again, so watered down, it's not even funny. I mean, look how bad the conference is. Mm-hmm. Um, then you still got Penn State looks very good. They've, they've already got a win against Auburn on the books. I hate to say that there's going to be another, another team from the SEC, but I think you're probably going to end up with Georgia in there too. It has to be. I don't. I don't really think there's any question that those are the two best teams in the country, Alabama and Georgia. I mean – if you go down the list and you kind of did it, or Oregon, Penn State, Oklahoma, all have flaws. Iowa, don't even get me don't even get me started there. They've they've all of a sudden have no defense or no offense. They they didn't have much of an offense to start, and now they have almost none. So, how about Cincinnati? Can we? Or I'll give you another one, and it's going to be tough to get three from the SEC. But I th- I'm not sure Arkansas isn't the third best team in the country right now. Arkansas definitely is a solid team based on what we've seen. But then again. I'm really not sure what to think about that A&M win because Calcutta is the reason why he wasn't supposed to be the starter when the season started. Right. Because he's not very good. So I am kind of curious how that played a factor in comparison to the original starting quarterback for Texas A&M. 
Arkansas has been very good, though. Shout out to Pittman for doing a good job with that program. But I agree with you about Alabama and Georgia. I think we would agree that unless there's an upset loss in there, if both of them go into the SEC title game, they're both getting in. They're both it doesn't matter who it. wins. Yep. They're just both going. So I think they're going to end up getting in. Ohio State I find fascinating just because of the fact that they already lost to Oregon, but the Big Ten is also relatively weak. I mean, Michigan struggled with Rutgers last week. Maybe Rutgers is mediocre, but still, you kind of expect Michigan to put together a better performance. Wisconsin's awful, and they were supposed to be one of the series contenders. And don't forget, uh, Minnesota lost a Bowling Green. Yeah, that happened. Absolutely brutal. Iowa is solid, but then again, their main wins were against Indiana, who's not ranked, and Iowa State, who definitely should not be ranked because they lost to Baylor, and we think we'd agree that Iowa State's been overrated. So I find Ohio State interesting because I feel like it's kind of the similar logic to a one-loss team we'd see normally which is the fact that Ohio State, do I think this is a very good team? No. But if you lose to a top-five team in Oregon at the time and then you run the table in your weak conference, that sounds like Oklahoma last year losing to Kansas State, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. And by the way, Oklahoma, as we talked about yesterday's count, they, they have Kansas State teed up this weekend. So that's going to be a bigger game than it should be because that's kind of been their kryptonite the last couple of years. So, Chris, just based on what we've talked about so far and the results, can we say that – three of the five conferences are really down this year, that the only two conferences that are really strong or as strong as they were last year would be the ACC and the SEC. The Big 12, they're down. Big 10, they're down. And the Pac-12, always down. Do you think the ACC is good? I, yeah, think they're better, I think they're better than they were last year. You've got Georgia, Tech, you've North, got Georgia North, Tech that's relevant. You've got Wake Forest that's relevant. North Carolina's yeah, a good team. North Carolina no, State does beat, Cle- beat whoa, Clemson. Whoa, wait, hang on a second. North Carolina lost twice already. Miami lost twice already. Are we sure? I didn't say Miami was no, no. I didn't say anything about Miami preseason though. Those were two of the best three alleged teams. I know I liked NC State. Ranked fourteenth. Wow, that was that was ridiculous. I liked NC State. I thought Boston College was also pretty good. They've been so far solid. But the point is, I don't think the ACC is that good. I I think think they're better than they were. Everybody else right now, they're better than they were last year. That's my point. If you look at them from one year to the next, I think there's no question they're a better conference. All maybe from top to bottom, but I think the but I think the top teams at the ACC are significantly worse. Okay, I agree with that. Yeah, well, yeah, so yeah, because you've got Clemson that's not that's not Clemson anymore. So yeah, I mean the AAC is almost as good as the ACC right now, and that's saying something because I mean, look, you've got a ranked team there in Cincinnati that's in the hanging around the top ten. Can they can they make it, Chris? Do they have a path? Well, I mean, they play Notre Dame, and you take out Notre Dame, that's going to be a big notch on your belt going forward. And if you you know if they were if there, if there was along, a year Desmond for Ritter, yeah, if there was a year for Cincinnati to do it, I feel like this would be the year because we've talked about how down the majority of the Power Five conferences are. So if you're looking at two SEC teams, they're not going to put three teams from one conference no. in the playoffs. That's just not going to happen. No, nope, so, it's not. If you want to make an argument that Oregon wins the Pac-12 but loses a game or two in the middle, Oklahoma struggles again because they've looked underwhelming up to this point, you might have a couple of spots there because nobody from the ACC should be getting in. That already saves you an extra spot. And if Oregon loses a random game to either like a UCLA or a USC or anything like that, I don't think they're getting in either. Nope. So you might have a couple of openings there if Cincinnati does end up running the table. I think you're going to have some elimination games coming up. I think the Ole Miss-Alabama may be an elimination game. It certainly is for Ole Miss. For any any dreams that they might have, ha- might have, this is a must-win game for them. And then, like you talked about, you've got the Cincinnati-Notre Dame game. I think that's an elimination game between the independents or between the uh, – I don't know. We, we, we debated this whether you call Notre Dame a group of five school or what do you what do you call them, Chris? The de facto ACC uh, yeah. team. For yeah, there you school. go. All right, very good. They're ACC light. Chris, any 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 final college thoughts before we give me give me your top four before we knock it off? We've been talking over everybody. Give me your final four. Um, I think it's got to be Alabama, Georgia, and right now, and this this is right now because as Scott said, anything can change in the watered down Pac-12. I mean, come on, Arizona lost to Northern Arizona, right? Uh, Oregon, and I think. I'm going to go with Penn State just because I'm not sold on Ohio State. I mean, especially after Pope blew up and quit the team. I'm, there's a lot of dissension going on on that sideline. There you and go. Ryan Day has his hands full in Columbus. All right, there you go. He is Chris Kubala. We are Winners and Winers Radio, and we'll be right back after this message.
All right, everybody, welcome back to the second half of Winners and Winers Radio. Give us an hour and we'll give you the winners. Myself and Scott Reichel are joined once again by Chris Kubala, handicapper extraordinaire from winnersandwiners.com. Just talked a little college. We're going to switch gears and head to the National Football League, the NFL. Not- so, Scott, last time we were out in Vegas, every time we were trying to have a nice meal, what is the number one question you kept hearing whenever we were at dinner? Are you going to finish that? What? appetizers, entrees, sides. You're always asking if I was going to finish what I was eating. Okay. Hey, in my defense, you eat slower than the turtle on Xanax. But, okay, let me make the question a little easier. What's the number one question you would get from people when you tell them you work for Winners and Winers? What's Winners and Winers? Exactly. So what do you tell them? I tell them that it is the place to go for your sports betting needs. They have breakdowns on every single game in a variety of sports, basketball, Football, college football, we know that's coming up. It's been really a great opportunity to just get better at sports betting, and they give you all the opinions that you need. Yeah, see, and the thing I like about it is the fact that they don't just inundate you with numbers that have no context. You know, you go to some places and they just throw numbers, 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 but they don't tell you what they mean, and you just kind of your eyes glaze over. But these guys, not only do they use those same numbers and put them in context, but they're fantastic writers, they're great handicappers, you mentioned college football coming up. That's my favorite time to use winners and winners because they do every FBS game every single week. It is a fantastic site. Scott, what's the best part about winners and winners? It's absolutely free to use. That's right. It is absolutely free to use. Winnersandwiners.com. You absolutely have to check it out. You need to make this site part of your daily handicapping regimen. If you are not doing it, you are absolutely leaving money on the table. So, see, that wasn't that hard at all, right? Sure. You're still getting none of my fries. What? I, I didn't I didn't say a word. I saw you looking at them. Seriously, dude, It's it's been like an hour. If you're not going to eat them... Oh, man, that's brutal. All right, fine. Seriously, though, winnersandwiners.com. Go there or be square. talk a little bit about the surprises and the disappointments Scott and Chris Chris who's your uh, who's your biggest surprises this year so far in the NFL is it is it in the is it in the AFC West where you've got the uh, Raiders and Broncos both undefeated or are they uh, more a beneficiary of pretty well not say easy schedule for the Raiders but certainly an easy schedule for the Broncos so are those the two best teams in the AFC West right now are they the best teams right now? According to the according to the standings, yes. You are what your record yes. says you are, baby. <laughs> according to the talent, as Dennis Green would say, they are who we thought they were, and I still think that the Broncos still have a ways to go. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm a good good defense. I'm I'm totally not convinced that Teddy's going to be the guy for 17 games that gets him there. So Especially who's your, now with KJ Hamler gone? Right. I mean, you just lost another wide receiver. Teams are going to start doubling Cortland Sutton. They have. Who to. else are they going to throw to besides that, Noah Fant? That's the thing. They've got. They've got. They. They had to have those wide receivers stay healthy, and already looks grim for that. So, who's your who's your two, three, however many you want to name? Who's your biggest surprises this year? Well, I mean, I think everybody's got to be surprised that the Raiders are three and zero. I mean, they're not beating teams by big margins, but I mean, you beat Baltimore in overtime. Derek Carr is looking. It's looking really good. I mean, their defense was horrible down the stretch against Miami, but they managed to pull that one out. Mm. But how long can Carr carry this team? Right. That 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 is the question because that is a pretty dreadful defense, right? It is. I I just can't imagine that going that going that well for the rest of the season. You know, you've got if you put Denver if you put Denver and the Raiders together, you'd have one really good team. But they've yeah, been, I, would, I would agree with that. They've been good they enough to six, lead the West. Six wins by now. That's that's right. <laughs> um, so who else you got? You got the Raiders. Anybody in the anybody in the NFC stand out to you? Arizona has, has played really well. I mean, I give them a lot of credit. But it's the same thing there. How long is Kyler Murray going to keep that team up? I mean, Carolina is three and zero, but now this is going to be a big test for the Panthers. No Christian McCaffrey. This is going to be a chance for Darnold to show that. 
Adam Gase really was an idiot and that was a big problem with his in his career. But can he do it with Chubba Hubbard behind him? I that's 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 a fantastic question. I mean, I liked I thought Chuba Hubbard was a, a pretty good college running back. Of course, he put up you know massive numbers at Oklahoma State, but that doesn't really necessarily transfer to the NFL level. He's not Christian McCaffrey, though, and he certainly doesn't have the pass-catching skills that McCaffrey has out of the backfield, right? Not to mention the injury to Horn. Uh, the that too. That's huge. That's, that's huge for that, for that defense. Um, I like, although I do like that front seven. Scott, you and I were talking last week. Can you imagine this defense if, if Keekley was still available and still at the top of his game? What a monster. A great defense regardless, but Keekley is going to go down as one of the, I don't want to say most forgotten great players of all time. But right. He's still underappreciated. He was so damn good. Yep. Just just couldn't just couldn't stay healthy there at the end. Um, but I mean, you look at the Panthers, and, and like I said, that's a great front seven. Like you said, losing Horn's going to be a big blow. But also, who have they played? They beat the Jets. Right. They beat the Saints, which I think it has some merit to it. <sighs> yeah. yeah might the, not be a great James Winston looked. I was going to say the Saints might not be a great team by any means, but it's better than who Denver beat. That was such a weird Saints game, though, where they were missing they were missing all their coaches. They were missing a awful, bunch of pieces you know, on defense. I'm not sure which. I don't know. That's talk about a psycho team. I don't know what is the real Saints team. Is it? Is it the team that we saw in those two decisive victories, or is it the team that we saw when they just got embarrassed by Carolina, or is it somewhere in the middle? I think it's in the middle because the offense I don't think is very good, but I do think that defense has a lot of talent. Yeah, so, I mean there are no wide receivers right now with Michael Thomas hurt. I mean you're throwing to Marquez Callaway and and guys like that. The Saints really have to find a way to get somebody to help Kamara out because I mean, Carolina bobbled out. He had what eight carries for five yards in that game. They're not going to win if he can't uh, pick up a hundred yards all purpose. My biggest surprise isn't actually a team's record or anything. It's more just an actual side of the ball. What happened to Washington's defense? Oh yeah. They were horrible. Sunday. Cause I got to bring it up because yeah. we thought that this defense with chase young is going to be really good. Top five. There's no for reason sure. why it wouldn't be good and they can't stop anybody. Yeah, they were I, second I, in the league last year. Am I missing something? Like, wh- what happened? I, I don't uh, understand. Chris, you have a theory? I think the biggest problem is their secondary is so suspect. If they don't get a pass rush and, and get after a quarterback, that secondary is rightfully picked apart. I mean, Josh Allen was just diced them up on Sunday, even when they got pressure, because those corners can't hold up. Right. I forget about Josh Allen. Daniel Jones diced up that secondary. Well, this is true, but Josh Allen did not look good in the first two weeks of the season, but he turned around and went 32 of 43 for 358 and four touchdowns. I'm just saying it's it's code red when Daniel Jones is torching you on a Thursday night primetime game. You don't think Daniel Jones can get better? You don't think he's maybe taking a, a step forward? Uh, I think you could think that, and then he scored 14 points against Atlanta, and then every single positive step he had got taken back a little bit because okay. Atlanta can't stop anybody. So how do you only score 14 points? Is, that, is Atlanta the worst team in the NFL, guys? No. I think it's Jacksonville. Okay. Right. Yeah, I would say Jacksonville or the Jets because Zach Wilson has not looked good. The Jets is the Jets are probably worse than Jacksonville right now. That's a good point. Atlanta, I thought would be bottom five going into the year. They're bad. The thing is, they are. They did win a game, so I don't know if that factors in in comparing them to like the Lions or something. I think the, the Lions, Lions are, are actually more. I think the Lions are more competent than Atlanta. Is there a hot take? Is there anything? Is there anything more heartbreaking than being a Lions fan this year? Good lord. <laughs> I mean, how do you lose on a 66-yard field goal that bounces up in the air off the crossbar? You mean, how do you like win the third game of your three-team teaser? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you let the kicker hit a 66-yarder when your coach is preaching biting kneecaps during the offseason. I don't know how that happens. <laughs> they were I mean, what was even worse than giving up that fourth and 19. I mean, granted, yeah. they had a legitimate claim about there should have been a delay game called on the, on a couple plays before. Oh, it was 100% delay game, by the way. Right, and I agree. But the fact is, if they stop you on 4th and 19, it doesn't matter. Yeah. No, that's absolutely correct. And I I heard somebody talking that said the win probability when they were 4th and 19 was like 97% for Detroit. Baltimore, of course, says we got them right where we want them. As Kay Stevenson once said back in the 1980s when the Bills put up two back-to-back 2-14 to seasons, we stole defeat from the Jaws of victory yep and that's what dan campbell should have just said and walked off the stage <laughs> drop the mic call it good are you guys surprised the indianapolis colts are 0 and three no no okay that's the thing though is that when you're looking at a lot of the teams that scott and i broke down 
a lot of the writing was on the wall for some of these teams, mostly with injuries, because Wentz had issues going into week one. We weren't even, we weren't even sure he was going to play. Quinn Nelson was injured, and now he got re-injured, and he might be out for a while, if not the whole season. The defense we thought was okay, but Frank Reich, I think, is a pretty good coach. I still think he's overrated. I think that he gets too cute in the red zone. And Wentz is a guy who just doesn't really have it, and it's not his fault. Injuries took a lot of his talent away from him or his mobility or whatever you want to call it. But, no, we didn't like the quarterback. They lost their best offensive lineman before the season even started. We and just T.Y. Hilton see... hasn't played either. They have no wide right. receivers also, yeah, because Hilton got injured. So am I shocked Indianapolis is 0-3? No, because besides the defense, which is pretty good, do they have anything on the offensive side of the ball? Not really. No. And what do you, what do you, what do you think, Chris? Are you surprised that the Colts ineptitude is that stun you this year? No, like, like Scott said, I mean, I think that getting Wentz and giving up anything for him was a terrible move. I should have brought back Rivers if you had to pick anybody. Yeah. I mean, you would have been better off getting the corpse of Johnny Unitas and bringing him out to play quarterback because he's would have looked just as well as Wentz has. I mean, he's hobbling around back there. Without Nelson, that pass rush or that offensive line is not going to hold up against uh, against pass rushes, and it's just going to be a long year for the Colts. Serious I question: Should Frank they have, doesn't take the fall? Would you rather have one, Jacoby Brissett than than Wentz right now? I would because at least he's mobile and he knows this. He knew the system. Yep, yep, I agree. Well, I was going to say the Colts thing that surprised me is if you knew that Wentz was fragile and you knew that you had no wide receivers. Why is Taylor not getting twenty five carries a game? I don't. I don't understand that, Chris. Any theories? It doesn't make sense to me. I, I guess they're just trying to see if Wentz can rehabilitate himself and, and turn things around. But it's a second year. A, a bell cow back like that. I was going to say, it's his second year. You should Eddie George him. Like, you kind of need to give him like 200, 300 carries because you have no other you have pretty, no other options. Pretty small yeah. window for running backs. You know, I don't know if you're going to, I don't know what you're waiting for. Time to start using him. Yeah. I mean, you've got him and you've got Naheem Himes. You got a good one two combination there. It's to the point where Marlon Mack wants, wants, has already requested a trade because. He's tired of just sitting on the bench. He's fully healthy. I mean, that, right now you can rotate all three of them. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so we've got three kind of surprising teams in the cellar out of the, out of the six divisions. You've got the Pittsburgh Steelers, you've got the Kansas City Chiefs, and you have the Seattle Seahawks. Chris, of those three, which is more likely to make a run and at least make the playoffs, if not win their division? I think you'd have to, if you do them in order, Kansas City is obviously not going to be as bad as they were. You're not going to have Mahomes throwing off his back foot, throwing an ill-advised pick with three minutes to go in a tie game every week. You're not going to see the Chiefs turn the ball over four times on a regular basis. And even still, they only lost by six to the Chargers. Right. Um, they're, they're, they're going to be better than what they are. Seattle's obviously going to play better. Pittsburgh... You might as well just plant them and and wait to wait for the winter wheat and wait till next season because they're going nowhere. They were fortunate to beat Buffalo in a game where Brian Dayball got way too cute on some of his play calls. You don't call play a flea flicker on third and three and then punt. You don't try and run a jet sweep on fourth and one and turn the ball over and completely change the momentum of the game. And they won basically on a blocked punt. Right. I mean, since then, what has Pittsburgh done? They lost to the Raiders at home. They lost to the Bengals where you have Tyler Boyd talking about how the Steelers gave up. Yeah, we talked about that on the show yesterday. Do, do you do you agree with that? Do you think do you think the Pittsburgh Steelers like quit? Is that a th- is that a thing? I, I watched a lot of that game and you know, it seemed like after they went down two scores after Boswell missed the field goal in the third quarter, everything was was just going through the motions. I mean, four and 13 and you tug- dump it off. Yeah. I said after the second touchdown by Chase, I thought that they ended up packing it in. But what was it, fourth and 12? You throw a one-yard pass to Najee Harris? Yeah, and you're hoping like he's going to break 15 tackles and get and get you a first down? Then again, I don't think it's that big of a deal for a team to quit because I'm sure a lot of teams, when they're down 20-something, they're kind of just going through the motions at that point. So I'd say it's more common than people think in the NFL. But they shouldn't have brought Big Ben back. They did. We both thought Pittsburgh had no shot. Seattle, I can't say I'm too surprised with because I know I had Seattle as the third team in the NFC West. I thought the Rams and Niners would be better than them. The issue with the, with the, with the uh, Seahawks is that besides Wilson, Lockett, Metcalf, and Carson went healthy, which is always a question mark, 
This is true. Who, who else do they have? They have no depth at any position. The offensive line's not very good. Jamal Adams, they paid a bunch of money who's been okay as a tackler, but he can't cover anybody. He's basically a hybrid linebacker. He's a, he's a sack he's, he's a sack guy, which is, yeah, that's really what you, is not very that's good. That's what you want out so, of your safety. Seattle has coasted on the back of Russell Wilson for the last couple of years when the overall roster is not very good. So I'm not exactly surprised. In the toughest division in football, they are getting exposed as a mediocre team in the NFC West. Okay. It was disappointing to see the way they played in the second half against Minnesota. I mean, it's like they just bailed it in. What are Cousins you torched that defense? What do we what do we have with Minnesota, guys? I think the team's decent, but I think the issues remain that Mike Zimmer is a defensive coach. The defense isn't very good. Cousins will always put up decent stat lines, but do you trust him late in a game that's close? The answer is no. And the kicking game is always going to be a meme. So you assume they're going to miss at least two, three game-tying or game-winning field goals at some point. They already missed one. And they'll probably lose in heartbreaking fashion and miss the playoffs. All right, Chris. So we're coming down the home stretch here. Give me, give me your six division winners. Don't you mean eight? Or eight, rather. No, just just pick your favorite six. No, yeah, give me. <laughs> sorry, I'm, I've got baseball in the brain, buddy. Sorry, we already, yeah, give we me. already penciled the Broncos in for winning the eight. <laughs> yeah, so give me, so, yeah. give me, oh, okay. give me, give me I your. Figured this stuff that already happened. Give me your eight. And, yeah, I know you you penciled in Dallas to win the NFC. Yeah, East, Dallas and Denver, they're in. They're locks. Uh, in the AFC East, it's going to be Buffalo. I mean, Miami is. You know, they came out fine. They beat New England. Sure, they beat Mac Jones. My, until Miami can beat Buffalo and Josh Allen has just killed them all season or in his entire career, six straight wins. Buffalo is going to win the East. Okay. In the Central, I think right now the North. See, three, now you're doing it. You've got three good teams. Or, sorry, the, Central, the North. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, you know that's what happens when you go back to the old days. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the North, you've got three good teams. I mean, Cleveland made just Justin Fields look like an eighth grader on Sunday, but how many times are they going to get nine sacks? And without Jarvis Landry, they're going to have to rely on the run game. Baltimore, I still don't know what how they're winning games when they have no players. And um, I think Cincinnati is a dark horse. I think Cincinnati might get in as a wild card, but in the end, I think Cleveland is going to edge out Baltimore, which is a scary thought to think about because we've seen how bad Cleveland plays on a regular basis. Right. The way I'm looking at it is for the favorites. I don't really see many other teams that have not already started to separate themselves, make a move besides of course, Kansas city. I feel like everything else is kind of the way that we expected it to. Uh, Green Bay should coast. Uh, the Rams kind of surprised me a little bit. I thought the Niners had a shot, but Jimmy G just has always had those moments where he'll blow a game in one play. That's a props to the Rams though. That's okay. a really, really good football team. All right, Chris. AFC South t- Titans just continue I, to roll there. Yeah, I think it's got to be Tennessee. I mean, the rest of that con- or division is horrible. Okay. I mean, so I think we can agree that maybe the Raiders and Broncos, despite their start, maybe not quite there yet. So Chiefs, Chargers, or do you like one of those two teams that started well? No, I th- I think that the Raiders might be a wild card, but they could do the same thing they did last year and the year before yeah. that. that end up that's my hot eight. take. Finishing eight and nine. Okay. That's my hot take. I think the Raiders, I don't know if it's a hot take, whatever. I don't think the Raiders make the playoffs. All right. So Dal- Dallas, and, so who do you got winning that division, Chiefs or Chargers? I think it's going to be Kansas City. I'm sure the Chargers won Sunday, but they have to quit shooting themselves in the foot with stupid offensive penalties. The ghost of Anthony Lynn lives. We, we talked about that. <laughs> AFC North Packers run away with it, or did the Vikings got anything for them? Not until the Vikings can actually play defense. Okay. I'm assuming Tampa Bay writes the ship in the South, overtakes Carolina, or no? You like the Panthers? Did no? I, I can't say I like Carolina. Sure, they're a better team than they were a year ago, but that's like saying that you know Dallas will be better just because they have Prescott. Okay. Yeah, Win- Winston hasn't shown me that much either. And I now the defense and, is good for New Orleans. I'll go with Tampa. And now the NFC West with the with the Rams, Cardinals undefeated, Niners one loss. Of course, the Seahawks. Like we talked about pulling up the cellar at one and two. A uh, couple questions. I'll go, Ram- I'll go Rams. Okay, Rams for you, Chris. Or I think it's gonna, it'll be the Rams just because Arizona. You know, losing Hassan Reddick was to Carolina was a big blow to their pass rush. Sure, Chandler Jones looked great in Week One. Right, right. But their secondary isn't the same as it was before without Patrick Peterson either, and they're just too susceptible to giving up big plays in the passing game. Okay, all right, good, good enough. So you got the Rams there. 
All right, guys. Well, that's uh, that's going to do it, Chris. Thanks very much for stopping by. We appreciate it, as always. Glad to be here. Come back, come back and see us. And you guys, if you like Chris, well, even if you don't, because he's going to be he's going to be doing a lot more shows. Chris is going to be a lot bigger presence here at Winners and Winners. So, uh, yeah, stay stay tuned for that. Yeah, like I said, whether you like him or not, there's going to be more Chris coming. So you might as well get used to him. You might to be the man. You got to beat the man. That's, a, that's what they, I'm the man by default. That's what they say. Welcome to welcome to the show, buddy. All right, <laughs> Glad guys. To be here, Scott. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks very much for listening, Chris. And uh, or, or, for, thanks for listening, Chris. Thanks for stopping by. We appreciate it. And uh, Scott and I, we'll be right back on the other side and talk a little. Uh, we'll we'll get we'll have some picks for you, including bet the farm. Everybody, stay tuned. Recording stopped. All right, guys, this is the last segment of Winners and Winners Radio. Give us an hour and we'll give you the winners. Chris is a sharp guy, huh? Yep. Very he's got some good he's got some good takes. He's got, he's he's like you, man. He remembers every factoid that exists. You know, I I have a better shot at remembering what their ATS numbers are than, you know, who hit the home run 17 years ago. So very good. And let's uh let's get to it, Scott, because we have a what do we have a full full day of action here? Uh yes, it's primarily if not only in one sport, but yes. It is. We got we'll have we'll have football tomorrow night and that'll be that'll be uh I'm I'm excited. We got we got some decent games tomorrow night. Are you excited? Yeah. I'm looking forward to midweek college football. Why wouldn't I be? Yeah, okay. We got a little well, you got a little you got some Jaguars and the Cincinnati Bengals. So, yeah, I don't consider Jaguars actual football, but I'll be entertained regardless. And Virginia, Virginia and Miami, Miami five point favorites there. We're going to be talking about those tomorrow. Total on that one sixty three could be zeroing in there. You got, you got your Pine Bluff bets in yet? Uh, Pine Bluff is a team that I'm saving my bets for the basketball season against them. Okay, I just I, I knew you, you didn't want to give away your bets too early. I didn't because we got to have people make sure they tune in tomorrow to find out how Scott's going to play that Pine Bluff. You got to hear our Pine Bluff predictions, man. Oh, fantastic stuff. So, let's talk a little bit. We kind of made fun of it a, a little bit, Scott, but we're not big believers in must-win situations, right? That's not really a uh, thing. We are not. That that indicates that they for the rest of the season they weren't trying, right? Uh, yeah, I do think you can make an argument for motivation if the other team is dead to rights and the, and the team that is currently fighting for something is just a significantly better team. I think that's kind of the argument you can make. Do you but, think it's more about motivation or you think it's just more about personnel on one side of the other versus the, the guys that are maybe trying out some of, the, some of the youngsters or whatever? Well, I feel like that's also why people use that term must win because one team's really, really trying to win the game. The other team might be more interested in just seeing how good some prospects are that are actually pitching. Right. You know? Yeah. That's 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 exactly what I'm, what I'm thinking. So um, keep that in mind as as you go through these games, as you make your as you make your own plays, and you think, well, this team has to win, so I'm absolutely going to lay that number because it didn't work with the Red Sox yesterday, did it? No, no, it did not. I remember that worked in hockey last year. But hockey is like the worst sport to do that in because every must-win team in a hockey game is like minus three fifty, yeah, minus four something. It's brutal. Like you, you can't do that. It just takes one stupid penalty and the game's over. Well, all right, Scott. Let's let's kick it off. Let's ki- let's kick it off. All right. So let's take another look. This we is got one the other important game. Well, involving the NL East teams. Yeah, we do. Um, you want to talk about that one a little bit? As the uh, yeah, you got Nola on the mound against Freed. Mm-hmm. Freed, of course, has been very, very good this season. After uh, he came back off the IL a couple months ago, Aaron Nola has been usually a good pitcher. This year is not most years because he has been average at best. Is that a fair way to put it? Yeah, he's he's had his he's had his moments. I mean, he's been up and down. This, the uh, the weird thing is, and this is where you got to kind of watch the stats you use because he's got a four sixty four ERA. Scott, he's got a WHIP of one eleven. Yeah. So he's not giving up a ton of he's not giving up a ton of hits, but that would indicate to me probably giving six home runs. Probably giving up a ton of home runs. Anytime you see a low WHIP and a high ERA, probably giving up home runs. That's not necessarily a good look against the Braves. That uh, even though. They're missing some firepower there in Acuna. They can still they can still bop a little bit. So I have to go with the Braves in this one, just for the record, because yeah. Philly. We know that this team has been clawing and trying to hang around, but they're still eight games under on the road. 
And we know the bullpen stinks. Now, is Atlanta's bullpen great? No. But Philly's bullpen, as we talked about before, has blown close to the record amount of saves. So I don't even trust the Phillies if they're winning a one-run game late. I'll take Atlanta at home. They're trying to wrap this thing up. Freed's been really just an ace for the last couple of months. Nola has not. I'll take Atlanta. You? Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Freed has been really good, like you said, since, since he came back. Uh, he's his last two outings. He pitched a three hitter, a three hit shutout last time out against the San Diego Padres. Before that, he gave up no earned, just three hits and in seven innings against San Francisco. So a couple teams, for all their faults, that can certainly hit the ball. I've got to, I've got to take the hot pitcher that hasn't given up an earned run in sixteen innings. There has been Atlanta money that comes in, so I would say as soon as you hear the sound of our voice, you should probably make that bet if you want to bet the Atlanta Braves. So, all right, there you go. Um, looking, at, looking at one other game uh, involving two teams that aren't playing for much. Make it snappy. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Cleveland and Kansas City. I like Polizak in that spot, minus 120. Okay. All right. Now, we're, we're a little better than I thought. You can expand on that. Sorry, bud. Uh, it's fine. It's just a matter of Polizak's been good against Kansas City this season. Kansas City with Lynch on the mound. Lynch has been awful lately. I'll take I'll take Cleveland. Team total, Cleveland, whatever. I think they should do pretty well. Yeah, I don't hate the over there. It's still, it's still, warm, it's still warm in Kansas City. So there could be, there could be some runs flying. I would say you you look at that you look at that game. One of those teams are going to give up some crooked numbers. It's probably going yep. to be the Royals, but the, but please, I could do it as well. Yep. Um. How about the how about the one there in Tam, uh, in Houston as uh, Tampa Bay goes against the Astros? Garcia going against Rasmussen. Astros favored here minus one twenty five nine is the total. I'm taking Tampa lost money i know they lost yesterday but they should have won the game they're still fighting for home field so i'll take tampa is that going to be in montreal uh it should be you have more people there is that can you believe that i can believe it because they've been trying to find some type of merger between tampa and montreal because nobody goes to their games yeah that's 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 really sad and i guess you know it's 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 not a great stadium but come on you guys are you win the east again you're gonna go back to the playoffs go support your team tampa come on come on what are you doing well played. Okay. All right. Very good. Well, Scott, let's uh, let's get to it. Let's find out. We've put our heads together. We've come up. We've look. We've combed through the baseball card, and we have come up with our favorite play of the day, Scott. It is time once again for everyone out there to strap on your overalls, climb aboard your John Deere, fire that bad boy up, and let's get ready and head to the back forty to check out our new property as we continue to bet the farm. All right, Scott, you mentioned it earlier. We did have a farm play just to make it official. How'd we do? We had the Cardinals on the money line at plus 105, and they obviously won again. There you go, kids. That is a bet the farm winner. We're looking to keep that going today. Scott, what do we got cooked up? So for this one, we're looking at the Yankees on the money line against the Blue Jays around minus 110 offshore. Yankees have won seven in a row. Blue Jays have lost four of their last six. Yankees offense has started to heat up a little bit thanks to that trip to Fenway as the Yankees have scored at least five runs in each of their last six games. Garrett Cole on the mound, four starts against Toronto this season, 23 innings pitched, 2.74 ERA. Both teams have been kind of streaky this season, but Toronto's been a little bit cold lately and the Yankees have been red hot. Garrett Cole at minus 110, that's a tremendous price. We're going to take that. I think I think you have to. It's that's just it's too much value on on Garrett Cole. It it just it, I think I think Barrios is decent, but even just by pitching standpoint, Cole's clearly better and you're looking at current form Yankees are clearly better, so I'll take the pick them. Yeah, Barrios has been pretty average uh, his his last couple of starts. He did have a nice start against Tampa Bay, but I don't know, Scott. It's a must-win for Toronto. Does that worry you? Uh, you can argue it's a must-win for the Yankees, too, so they both should lose. All right, very good. Yeah, that's 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 our play. You, anytime, anytime you can get Garrett Cole minus one ten, we're we're going to be signing up for that in a Yankees team that uh, yeah just needs to keep the winning streak going. So that is our bet. The farm play take the New York Yankees on the money line minus one ten, and that is going to do it for today's edition of Winners and Winers Radio. As always, we appreciate you guys checking us out. However, you are consuming our media, whether you're downloading it podcast form, checking out the video, or listening on terrestrial radio, we appreciate the effort. Wish you nothing but the best today. Hope every one of those tickets in your pocket turns into cash money when you head back to the window. Once again, thanks for being part of the show. We'll see you tomorrow on Winners and Winers Radio.
Take care, everybody.